She has money somewhere. Obviously, she got that plane at the end of the thing. You can't take some of her money or Yellen has got to have something to like at least put a bench, dude. Or something. Get a park bench. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. Ian Anderson. Some shit. And our special guest host today of the Don't Assume podcast, Dave Kimball. Hey. <laughs> That's the best intro yet. Hi, Dave. <laughs> I love that. I can't wait to edit that. That might be our intro. Gentlemen, like <laughs> our cold open might just be Dave going, hey, <laughs> yes. we appreciate your help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsoverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes, sign up for our newsletter and get exclusive content and updates, pick up some sweet, sweet merch, and as always, interact with us. Question we always ask is if you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie. To help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing Black Widow. It was released July 9th, 2021. It was written by Eric Pearson and Jack Schaefer. It's directed by Kate Shortland. It stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Rachel Weiss, O.T. Fagbenley, Olga Kurilenko, and Ray Winstone. Natasha Romanoff, Romanoff, on the run after the events of Civil War, receives a mysterious package that leads her to reunite with and confront her dangerous path. As always, we have done a spoiler-free review on YouTube. So if you haven't seen this movie yet and you want to know if you should go watch it, go check that out. If you're looking to avoid spoilers, pause now. Go watch the movie. Come back. Pick up where you left off because we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. Before we get started, I want to welcome Dave. We didn't do it properly at the beginning with his wonderful hey, but uh, we appreciate you joining us, my friend. And I had a question because I was listening to an episode of your podcast the other day, as I do these mornings on my way to work now. And uh, I didn't know this about you, but you wanted to go to school for film. Is that correct? A hundred percent, dude. I mean, I worked at Hollywood Video back when you had to rent VHS. <laughs> yeah, I knew that about you. So I did that for two years in high school. And the way I bonded with my dad growing up was we'd go to the dollar movie, you know, and he wasn't taking me to see Lion King. He was taking me to see Blood Sport and every John Claude yeah. Van Damme movie that I shouldn't be seeing it as an eight-year-old. <laughs> so I used to see everything, dude. And now as a as a, an adult with my own kids. I don't have a ton of time, but the movies are my jam, man. I love storytelling, and uh, that's what I thought I wanted to do. And if I had my druthers, I might go back and do it all again and, and actually be a filmmaker. But uh, what I really love about movies is stuff like this, is that it's a conversation afterwards. Uh, it's connecting with other people and hearing thoughts and, and learning about people because of what they like and what they don't like, what they see and what they don't see. And so that's a little bit about what we do on my podcast, too, is uh, it's the assumptions that we have about each other, and the opinions we have, and we, we dive into those. So I'm excited to get into this movie with you guys. This is great. Thanks for Definitely. having me. Yeah, Thanks we're say. glad to have you, man. Yeah, I didn't know that about you. It was I was sitting there listening to the podcast. In fact, it was yesterday morning on my way to work. I was like, no shit. I was like, what a piece of fortuitous information walking into our <laughs> podcast tomorrow. So yeah, that's cool. One of these days, Dave, we'll have to we'll have to start a production company or something. Cause that was that was always gonna be my passion too, but I went other ways. I've got to do a little bit of stuff uh in, through my day job through my regular job and uh, mm. i've learned a, a lot and it's yeah man let's start some i'm all about um, starting some 
Me too. I mean, yeah, I got a buddy, Jason White, that I haven't seen in years, but he he actually makes films here in Utah. Like, he's in the Ogden Film Society and all this stuff. So it's always really cool. Like, he'll post, and I'll be like, oh, you lucky bastard. Though I know he busts his ass, so it's it's a lot of work. For sure, for sure. Cool. Well, let's talk about this movie. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was a little surprised by the start of this movie because we know so much about Black Widow and Romanoff, and yet so little it was kind of a slow open for me. Like it was a slow burn getting that introduction, like very, there was a TV show and I can't think of it now. The, but it was like a Russian, this exact same plot, right? So this, this TV show, Russian family that was implanted into these States years ago as spies and they were subverting the government. The, Ian, Amer- the, Ameri- the Americans, that's it. And so I felt like I was watching like a, the first episode of the Americans for a minute just an intro to it but i it took a while for this movie to get going what did you guys did you guys feel that same way or how did you guys feel about the start of this movie i felt I, like it was appropriate i liked it i liked it i was like oh i wasn't quite expecting this and and it, it paid off i think it did a lot for setting up the characters um when i think about like that family dynamic where you're you're kind of assuming it's this um well-knit family that's you know together and loves each other and all this jazz and then as they get to that like cuba after this kind of daring escape thing and you see the wife's been shot and alexi is over there just like wanting to get back in the game and kind of not paying attention to the two little girls like it gives you a better baseline for who these characters are later in the movie so i'm kind of agree with dave that it was a little slow but it was it was appropriate and there was purpose in it that's true i will give that that it did have a nice intro for especially like those side characters like the new characters that we we're being introduced to that makes you know, sense. i will say i have a different opinion i will i do this whole movie and one of the things i wish there was more of is more stories about the red room or how it came to be or or, or what it really wasn't and we got a little bit of that but i would love to have seen a, um, a training montage or something you know we love our montages and whatnot <laughs> i didn't really get that and i was trying to think of a, a individual that was kind of just getting into marvel or wasn't a marvel fanatic and didn't remember as much about black widow and stuff and this movie to me gave bits and pieces of what that story is but never kind of tied it together and so for me i i would have liked to have seen more about like what it all was but again i i think the way that they did it worked because a lot they know a lot of people that are already watching this have seen so much of it through the years but i don't think it's always good for a movie to assume that their audience knows everything they already want them to know i think they did some of that through dialogue later in the like in the movie i think mm-hmm. one of the most poignant parts was when he's like didn't you want kids she's like we can't have kids remember they gave yeah us, gave us hysterectomies and i don't have fallopian tubes and i you know i was like damn that's like you know, kind of graphic. Yeah, it was some pretty dark humor. Yeah, they had a lot of that, like where you guys kind of, I think Madsen mentioned one to be grittier. I was kind of surprised at some of the heavy topics that they took on and made light of because there was quite a few. I will say that that was one thing just to kind of span the whole movie that I really did enjoy about it is they weren't afraid to get in and, and show this dysfunction. And while they all came together to a certain degree, throughout the movie and and at the end, right, there was still a massive level of dysfunction because of the, you know, the family dynamic that they had. They were used to this peaceful life. And for the adults, that was a little rough because they wanted to be in the middle of it. But they all had a tie to that that didn't get fulfilled. They got cut off in the middle of this and, and it created some tension throughout the movie for in different ways for each character, which and I love that they didn't shy away from that. Like, that's really what the core of this movie was about was overcoming that 
tension in within those family members or your team members or however you want to look at it. So I, I did love that part of this movie. Yeah. What I liked about the beginning is it just showed how fiercely she protected Yelena, her sister. And there were hints of that. Like you saw how that played out in Endgame when she fought Hawkeye to sacrifice herself. Like you saw a little, you gave, you gave some backstory to how that fight would go down with Clint that she just was, no, I'm, I'm the protector. I'm the one who's going down. Uh, I'm putting myself in harm's way. So I, I appreciated the the intro for, for that reason. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's actually a good point, Dave, because maybe because this happened before that. And I think a lot of her maybe was completed again. There was more more to her life again, and she felt content. And so it, it was interesting to think back to that moment as well. I did laugh, too, at the beginning. It, so they keep bringing in Thaddeus Ross, General Ross, and... Uh, John Hurt plays him so well uh, because he's just so such an intense character, but he's really kind of stupid because you're tracking one of the most dangerous assassins in Avenger, wily character, and you think she's just going to leave her belt on? Like, <laughs> I mean, it, he's so he acts so surprised when she's not there, and I'm like, come on, man! Like, she knows she's got a tracker on. Did you really think she was just going to kind of be hanging out? And let you come find her. Yeah, what was He's, up with his yeah. makeup too? Like it looked like there were like in the trailer, there was going to be this visual effects where it was going to be like this flashback, mm-hmm. and it was only like a flashback of like five years or something like that. Like he looked freaky, super weird. So they haven't addressed it, but he's he's dying. He's got a heart condition. In the comics, he actually becomes Red Hulk. Yeah, so, and and I'm waiting for that that and the Thunderbolts because they're kind of he has a team, the Thunderbolts, and they're kind of leading into that ish with some of these backstories which we'll get into later on the podcast when we start talking about post-credit scenes but there seem to be setting up some of these side teams and i think they're trying to show that he's leading into him messing with this gamma radiation to try to save his life that's my assumption they haven't really said that but he is progressively like you said they've looked really weird and really unhealthy more and more each each movie that he's been in so i think that catalyst is coming to where He's going to be like, I have to be around to keep everyone alive. So here we go with Red Hulk, which should be interesting. Can I ask a like comic? So I didn't grow up with the comics. I don't have a ton of information on backstory and stuff, but I did have a question on like Taskmaster. So I thought Taskmaster like assigned was almost kind of like a Riddler type character where you like assigned tasks and like made the heroes complete them or something bad happened. Is that not how he is or she Yes, in the comic, he's he's more of a comedic character to a certain degree. He is a anti-hero, but he's kind of got like a snarky Deadpool kind of vibe sometimes. But he also is he has a they kind of show it with like a computerized version in this movie. But in the comics, he's just a, a mimic and that he can mimic any fighting style. And he but he he always does test those that he's and he does that so that he can watch how they work. He sets them to a task, watches them so that he can mimic them as he fights them. And so they really did a lot of changes to this character. The cool part is I actually don't mind the changes to Taskmaster. I always felt like Taskmaster was really kind of a, a Deadpool ripoff within the its own universe and just didn't do it as well. So I actually liked the changes they made to Taskmaster and was pretty impressed with how they played that character. I didn't grow up in the comics either, but I, I watched – there's this YouTube channel that I'll occasionally – watch when he does reviews and commentary on you know easter eggs from the marvel stuff and yeah i wasn't expecting 
that twist. I probably, I feel like once I saw it, I was like, oh, I should have known that, but I didn't. Uh, but yeah, my understanding was that it was a pretty big shift from what was happening in the comics. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very big. Yeah. Taskmaster in the comics is a man. And in this giant spoilers, welcome to our first major spoiler. Turns out to be not uh, in, in the movie. It's it's the bad guy's daughter, which I did see. I leaned over to Casey. We were watching it. And as soon as they introduced the the idea of Natasha killing this guy to get into get out of the Red Room and become part of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that her daughter was collateral damage, which I want to come back to in a second. I was I leaned over case. I said, oh, his daughter's taskmaster. And she's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I picked up on that, which I hate when I pick up on those things sometimes, because then I'm like, then it's more about waiting to see if I was right or wrong and less about enjoying the movie from there on out. But I liked it was interesting to watch this character progression, too, of Natasha, because when she first was telling Yelena, they were having this conversation about her killing the big bad guy, uh, Ray Winstone's character and not having succeeded and then she was so cold or tried to be so cold about oh she was collateral damage it was my way out that's what but you could just see and that's one of the things i love about scarlett johansson is her facial acting is is so good in everything she does and while she's acting cold and she's playing this part you could see in her face that it was ripping her guts out to try to be just such a shitty human being still so i really loved that that conversation was great to me were you guys familiar with Ray Winstone beforehand? Because I was not. And mm-hmm. I, when I first saw him, I thought, yo, they put John Favreau in makeup. Uh, and like, what a good <laughs> twist. Cause he was one of the first ones introduced. Like the whole movie, I thought that was John Favreau. I had to, like go home and check it out. That's awesome. That's funny. I didn't really think he was the best person they could have found to play a, a Russian. I, 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 didn't, I mean, I gotta be honest. I think he was kind of low on the totem pole for who they could have put into that role. So he didn't impress me very much in his That's role. That's why I thought it was be, John Favreau. I was like, oh, he's just trying to fake it. But like they're doing yeah. kind of tie it back in. And how fun is that, you know, little Easter egg. But no, I was just kind of a regular old actor. I, yeah, I'm kind of glad this came up because Ray Winstone is a phenomenal actor. And he really wasn't very good in this. Uh, and I think no. part of it was he was relegated to a very he, – he got the Marvel villain treatment, right? Like he was – that's one of my biggest problems with Marvel across the board is outside of two or three of them, their villains are very lackluster, very shell game kind of things. They don't have a lot of heart. And Ray Winstone is one of my favorite actors. He's very underrated. He was, he's been in a lot of things that you would never, like, I'll say him and you'll be like, oh shit. Like he was in, oh God, now I j- it just left me. The one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio where he's undercover in the mob with Jack Nicholson. He's oh, in The Departed. The- he's the guy he- that broke oh, yeah. his face's hand with the yeah, shoe. Yeah. He was in, he's in that well, King Arthur movie. That was the movie that introduced me to him is King Arthur. He played a character called Bowles and he was my favorite one. He's got one line in the movie where they were, he's, he talks a lot of shit and they're on this mount, the thing and they're talking about his dick basically. And he's like, yeah, it's like a baby's arm holding an apple. And I just fell over laughing at that line when I was like 18, when it came out, cause I'm a child. And I thought that was the funniest shit ever, but yeah, Ray Winstone's great, but he was just relegated to a very poorly written part in my opinion for this movie. Yeah, and that's where I think giving the backstory a little bit more, I wanted to 
you kind of got some of his motivations, but to me, it wasn't pre- presented in a way that gave me enough depth into why I needed to really care about his side of the equation. I, I really cared about Natasha Black Widow and, and everything there, but I think they could have given us a stronger tie into to where he really came from, why he was doing this, because, yeah, uh, it didn't it didn't land for me as much as I wanted it to. Yeah, Dracoff was kind of weak. Well, and I so another thing about it that kind of bothered me is that I at first I went so they show in the lead up like the montage of after we see the intro in Ohio and then there's like this montage of images showing kind of like her history as Black Widow and then him as the boss and you see him standing there with like presidents and like all these people and I'm like hold on she murdered this dude he doesn't look that different like <laughs> like did he really infiltrate to that level and I I liked his use of the widows, I thought that was really cool when he pulled up the map at the end and you see that he's implanted all these mind-controlled widows throughout the world. I was like, that's pretty dastardly. But I was, it was so quickly followed, or it followed so quickly the fact that he set up some pheromonal block to where because they smelled him, you couldn't hit him. I was like, that's a weird one. I, yeah, that was a bit much for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one took a little weird turn for me with the pheromonal thing. It felt comic book to me, though. I mean, true. Yeah. Like you, you, you have to suspend, you have to suspend disbelief because, they, and they wanted it to feel like Jason Bourne, but also a, he's a superhero movie. So there was a lot of you know she got punched in the face. I mean, she broke her own freaking nose on the table, <laughs> and then thirty minutes later she's back to looking like a model after yeah. she set her own nose which hey i appreciate that they showed the toughness that she would set her own broken nose but i mean there's just a lot of stuff you have to suspend disbelief and and with all of the other marvel stuff that's going on that's crazy fantastic like even yelena belova said yeah well isn't there a god from outer space that could come and fix this they sent you or whatever you know so <laughs> doesn't need to take an ibuprofen yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a good line yeah that was a good line so i mean of all the things i have to suspend my disbelief about that was but Probably. I think that's what always annoys me about Black Widow. I'm just going to say because it's her movie. She is a human being fighting with gods or aliens, whatever you want to call it, yeah. and got to take ibuprofen. And that's where I always <laughs> come back to. Like, she would have died many times over in all the movies that we've seen. But now she get bruises all over her back, but not on her face. Yeah. I, I was, <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that, Dave, because I didn't think about that until this moment when you were saying that she set her own nose. I'm like, that's true. She looked like someone used her for a boxing dummy in her back after the couple of the fights, but she breaks her own nose and sets it. And there's no black eyes. There's no oh. bruising at all. And that other dude punched her in the face three times. And she was hoping that he, that he would break her. No nose. blood. No yeah. Blood. And then she smacks her own face on the table. And there's no concussion, by the way. She yeah. hit it hard enough to sever the nerve, but she can see straight. Yeah. Well, you, you just got to suspend disbelief. It's very comical. That's, true. that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Touche. I did like, though, that you mentioned the Jason Bourne. One of my favorite parts of this movie is the hand-to-hand combat scenes and, like, the car chases, the motorcycle chases. That shit was pretty gritty and fun. Like, I had a lot of fun with the hand-to-hand. We'd all, I think most of us had seen the majority of her and Elena going at it at that first time they meet up and throwing each other through doors and stuff. But there were some scenes, like, with the other widows, like, where they were fighting. And I really enjoyed that part of it. The hand-to-hand was really a lot of fun for me. I was glad that they did that instead of everything being jumping out of the sky and being can, weird. Can we go that. back to when at, towards the end when she was fighting all the black widows when there was like, what 20 or 30 of them and she survives for like a minute or two. I'm like, dude, 
this girl's going down in 10 seconds, five seconds. If these are the highly trained widows. And so they would have, I mean, well, he did tell him to torture her. He said, make her suffer. So they were not killing her on purpose. They were beating her ass. I know, but I don't think she's going <laughs> to take on 15 of them. And then all of a sudden they, whatever. Anyways, yeah. they got, they had to make her look like an Avenger. Again, she's just a human. Of course. But I liked it. I actually enjoyed that part. And I'm not usually one that I'm like, come on, there's like 20 of them. But I was like, no, she's going to save them all with the red dust bomb. <laughs> I like that she was at least like losing when that dust bomb went off. Like she was about to True. be taken out. And when when said antidote bomb or whatever you want to call it went off, what was she? Was it a flashbang that she used to projectile this the, the liquid? Because I'm like, wouldn't it just blown it all up? I don't know if that really would have worked, but I mean, yeah, obviously it did. Files wouldn't that sh- like just shoot glass everywhere and all these again, like you said, humans. <laughs> yeah. Well, they like like had their cake and ate it too because they blew up all the vials, but then they didn't blow up all the vials. Yeah, then there was two. <laughs> yeah, two of them just survived. Yeah. But we needed it to save Taskmaster. Right. Which I thought the, what did you guys think about? Cause they have Taskmaster and uh, Black Widow have this hand to hand fight really early in the, in the movie. And I felt like it was kind of anticlimactic at the end where there wasn't this big fight. Um, I was expecting there to be a little bit more, especially after they kind of duped it out at the beginning. And that was such a, such a long kind of scene. Did you guys feel like that too? Or am I kind of up in the night? Oh, I definitely felt like she took her down too quickly. Like, I was like, oh, we're going to do the whole, I jump on your shoulder, flip you over, your helmet falls off, splash, and it out. Yeah, it was too quick for me. So to kind of be on the flip side of that, it was funny because all I could think about is Javier and his, his I hate that we keep bringing this kid up because he's not here. But, I mean, he hates Marvel so much and his reasoning behind it. As much as I hate to admit, I don't disagree with him in every way because there are a lot of similarities in the stories in all the Marvel movies, especially your intro movies, right? So they meet their villain, they get their ass kicked, they go regroup, they come back and they win the fight. What I liked about this one is, while it was obvious that Taskmaster in that early fight was going to beat her, she recognized that and jumped ship. She's like, no, I'm out of here. Let's go. And did what she had to do to get the, the vials and then get away from the fight. And I really liked that they kind of subverted that storyline. It wasn't about losing. It was about she needed to overcome her own demons and then reunite with this group that she still obviously had unresolved issues with. She wanted to express some things. She wanted to reconnect. And she was able to do that because of the work she's been doing with the Avengers and that family that she's built that's now having issues. She was able to reunite with this family and forgive things and then ask for forgiveness in a lot of ways. So for me, the story was never about taskmaster or even Drakeoff. it was just about her and how because of who she became she was able to go back to who she was and be able to resolve some of those issues and, and relationships and then they were just the backdrop and the, the part that led to being able to do that so i was actually okay with those fights being short and 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 sweet because to me the purpose was for her to be able to just actually go back to her family so but I, I, knew I get that a lot, I just... of, a lot of it was rushed at the end i think the whole third act oh yeah yeah, I agree with I, that completely. Okay. Because I was going to say, I don't disagree with all that JJ said. I just thought it was interesting that it's so difficult to beat Taskmaster at the beginning, but at the end, it's kind of this quick one and done. So, yeah, I yeah. agree it was rushed. Well, it's because they had such a lengthy scene of them getting back to Earth in <laughs> quite the 
suspension of belief scene and it's all cool but man there's just some convenient handholds that kept people alive until they were ready to come down all right dave so in the spoiler free you talked about having some some an axe to grind on the end of this movie so i want to hear this i'm ready well it's with the ending but really with the post credit scene so if i get into that ah, yeah yeah um, do, it. So do ending, it i mean like she she sends everybody off so what's his name the the American guy the, with the funny makeup, can't remember his name. Yeah, Ross. Ross and his crew roll up only in Jeeps with no air support. Yeah. And they send everybody off. And by the way, they're coming in and they're just saying their sweet goodbyes really, really slowly. And then they take <laughs> off, no problem. And then she walks through a field and then she's away from them. Like how – there's a whole lot of action there that like she somehow got away from Ross – just by walking through a field when he's got him surrounded, even though there's no air, air support, how did that all happen? That, 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 that kind of bugged me a little bit, Yeah, but it was mm-hmm. the, the post credit scene that really bugged me about the whole thing. So I think this movie should have been done a long time ago. And every time there's a major Marvel movie where they're building up a major character, they set up another major Marvel movie in a really big way. Right. And, Granted, this movie was supposed to be released a few years ago. Maybe there was another movie that was supposed to be released before, but I don't think there was. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, first thing, they set up a freaking TV series, which I think is disrespectful to the Black Widow character. Mm-hmm. Like, with, with the post credit scene, it's like, oh, now we got to go get the Hawkeye character because that TV show is coming out in a minute. It's like, there's nothing to do with the movies. There's no big tie-in, no big setup for the next Marvel movie or, and beyond. Uh, which there could have been, there could have been a lot of that stuff. And then, so Black Widow does all this stuff for uh, in this movie, which is really, really great. Like she, she's helps the world. Then she goes and she sacrifices her life on another planet to save the entire world to get an infinity stone. And then what they do to honor her is they put a crappy little cheap headstone under a tree in Ohio where her body isn't. And it's with all these other headstones where there's no like memorial to it. And I thought that was emblematic or like a good metaphor for the way this movie was treated in the Marvel universe. Like mm. they, they put this little movie that kind of stuck it onto the side of uh, the Marvel timeline. So this is nice. This is fun. You know, it's a great little action movie. Go watch it. But really, you don't need it for the rest of what's going on in, in the Marvel universe. We're going to put this crappy headstone under a crappy tree in Ohio. And, you know, people who really love Black Widow can go and watch it and get pay, pay their respects. But like there wasn't they didn't really honor Black Widow. And they, they keep talking about how they want to do so much just to say, look, look what we're doing for female heroines and female characters in the Marvel series because they've been getting so much crap for that. I mean, Mar- I mean, Scarlett Johansson herself has been talking so much about how when she first entered the Marvel MCU, she was just sexualized and she was a sexualized pawn. And so th- it just felt like this was kind of just strapped on in a janky way to the rest of the Marvel series and didn't really honor her character. I mean, yeah, it's a cool movie, but yeah. man, you should have made her more more important to the rest of the to the rest of the series so i don't i mean i i'd, I'd love for my daughters to see it they're not i mean this would freak them out they're too young get older to see, hey, women can be badasses too that's all awesome and that's all great but like you really didn't do what you set out to do or what you're telling tell, telling people you're doing for women in the mcu in my opinion they didn't really honor her the way they should as i look on the back on this movie i feel like the biggest tie-in they created was probably that vest from her sister to the other movies like they spent the most time on that as to something that meant something to the marvel universe i kind of agree with you dave yeah nothing oh i completely agree as much fun as i had with this movie and as much as i loved it i agree completely with you that it was not the movie that black widow actually deserved 
it was fun. It was cool. But it was like, to me, it was almost like a the middle movie of what should have been a Black Widow trilogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I do feel like they were backpedaling to try to go. And everybody's been clamoring for a Black Widow movie forever since Iron Man 2 when they introduced her, you know, because she's a cool character and Scarlett Johansson's a great actress. So it's it's one of those things where you just wasted a big opportunity. Hell, you, you, ha- you have the Shang-Chi movie coming out in September. Why don't you have another post credit scene that ties into that? Yeah. I mean, you didn't even do that. No. You can have one little post credit scene that hints to what's going on in the next movie. You, you, there's something you could have done for or any of the other 15 that they have coming out. All you did was tie it into a TV series? Yeah. Oh, crap. No, for sure. Well, and it, I was surprised that they didn't have a mid credit scene. They just had that weird, like you said, Dave, the two weeks later. Well, how the hell did she get out? Like she, I mean, I realize she's cool enough to bust herself out, but come on, show me that, you know, or at least show me, you don't even have to show me all of it. Show me walking, her walking away from like some Jeep on fire. And I would have been like, yeah, she just blew that whole convoy to bits. Like I would have been cool with that, but you just get a cheap two weeks later. And then some like really weird flirty thing with some fixer that she has that was yeah, also a wasted that. character like, in any other movie they keep talking about how they don't want to sexualize the character and then she's just like a tease to him the whole movie and, and it makes it like this really weird kind of sexual tension that you've never seen this guy before maybe he's going to be in future movies i don't know but it's like what are you what are we doing i thought that was super weird yeah it was really that was a really odd piece of that so i yeah i completely agree with you i do understand why they put her in the grave that they put her under that tree because it was like supposed to be about her real mom but i was like her real mom's not gonna be for yeah because uh, drakeoff tells her what was her name i don't remember her name but we buried her under a, a tree with pink blossoms um oh, yeah and that was so that she was under a tree with a pink blossom and that's where that was what that was all about but in ohio they didn't bury her mom in ohio her she was from russia come on man they yeah you can just bury her randomly this is natasha romanoff sister uh daughter avenger that's it like, yeah, that's all you're gonna say about her? Like, yeah, crazy town, dude. Savior of the world? I don't know. <laughs> Superman, <laughs> Superman died, and he got a he got a memorial for him immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has money somewhere. Obviously, she got that plane at the end of the thing. You can't take some of her money. Or Yelena's got to have something to like at least put a bench, dude. Or yeah, get a park bench. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and I think part of what you're talking about, Dave, is they focused really heavily on future characters. We know Florence Pugh and her character with Yelena is going to be in the MCU moving forward. We know now she's going to be in the Hawkeye series, which was the whole setup for the end there with that post-credit scene, which I also agree was a waste, partly because I feel like they're setting up Madame Hydra, which is who Julia Louis-Dreyfus is playing. Oh, that's who that is. Okay. Her, yeah, her character, Valentina, is also in the comics known as Madame Hydra. They've changed her backstory. She was also in Falcon and the Winter Soldier series for a couple of episodes where she recruited U.S. agent, who at one point was Captain America. So they're setting up, like I said, these teams. It could be Dark Avengers. It could be you know the Thunderbolts, any number of these less savory teams. But they changed her. She was a Russian implant that switched to S.H.I.E.L.D. and then infiltrated Hydra and is now back with the government. Who knows? They've really changed her. But what they were doing, I felt like, and I mentioned this in the in the spoiler free, I feel like she became a side character in her own movie, meaning Black Widow and Natasha, because they were 
introducing Florence Pugh as as Yelena. They were introducing David Harbour as the agent, the Russian, the Red, red Guardian. Red Guardian, that's right. The red Guardian. What did, what did he, the, the Crimson Dynamo? That's, yeah. <laughs> Yelena was busting his ass and called him Crimson The Crimson Gut. Yeah, that shit was great. And these characters were great, man. Like, David Harbour, to me, stole this movie, but I think he steals almost everything he's in these days. Thank goodness for Stranger Things for really mainstreaming this guy because he's fantastic. He was so good. And Florence Pugh, Ian, you leaned over to me at the end of the movie. It was like, I think Florence Pugh was the best character in this movie, Hmm. and I love her. She's great. She's a great actress, and I'm excited to see her in the future because her character in the comics becomes a version of Black Widow. But I, again, I just feel like kind of to Dave's point, I, I feel like they missed the boat because they were so excited to season these characters and move it forward that you really put a backseat on someone that's really helped carry these movies for. But I think that's what Dave is saying. The problem is that's why this movie needs to be a couple of years ago, because since Marvel is moving on as they need to be to this next round, they they had to do what they did because Black Widow's over, which which is the travesty. I think that we're all saying is this movie needed to be earlier on because I think it could have been maybe it could have been a little bit of a different movie and the focus could have been more on her. But because she is dead, there's not much more they're going to they're not really going to do more with her. It felt like a patronizing pat on the head. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's so bittersweet because these side characters brought so much that they brought too much and kind yeah. of you know took away and it's like but i enjoyed it but at the same time is that what was best for black widow's story now i'll say this i'm just having watched this again because marvel like jay just said it's been out of the spotlight for a long time i know some of these tv shows started with the winter soldier and the falcon and the winter soldier but i don't treat it as much as like a big marvel movie It just doesn't have that same weight having watched this one i'm really curious it just it reminded me again marvel has a lot of weight in their shoulders right now to kick off the next part of their their universe and i'm skeptical at best because i think they had some of their best characters and i'm i think the the more obscure people we're going to know about i'm someone i don't know a lot about the comic universe i don't know all the intricacies and i'm worried because these aren't the big characters the people that everyone kind of knows am i going to know them but again maybe i felt like that 10 years ago when i didn't know anything about iron man or captain america i don't know but i'm really curious to see if they're going to be able to keep the ship rolling I will say, and Dave, you mentioned earlier Shang-Chi. That's the next one in September. And I am really looking forward to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And the reason I say that is because Iron Man 3, Iron Man, the original Iron Man was one of my, is probably my favorite Marvel movie. Um, Because it just, it was so good. And I really enjoyed it. But Iron Man 3, while I enjoyed that movie, one of my favorite villains in all of Marvel is the Mandarin because he's just this soulless sociopath that has a lot of power and has this organization behind him. And he was always a big Iron Man villain. And they introduced him in such a stupid way in Iron Man three. And it was such a throwaway use of him. Whereas Shang-Chi is reintroducing this character and the real Mandarin that his dad, Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi is Mandarin's son. So, and he looks like an actual bad guy in this, like something that could carry villains through for a while in these movies. So I'm really looking forward to Shang-Chi. It's also a very different story for them. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And I, I think there's a lot to come with that, but this I'm with you, Matt. And I think this was a, a lackluster kickoff to phase four, even though it was meant to be more of like an in, 
intermediary between phase three and four. So yeah, it was like a phase two movie. Yeah, it should have been. Absolutely should have been. I can feel we're getting getting closer to the end here. And I, I just got to mention the most on the edge of the seat moment I had in this movie. Do you guys know what that was? <laughs> and this no. is not a knock on the movie. It was when they freaking made that pig not be able to breathe. Like, <laughs> you could feel the whole theater just sitting there going, wait, let him breathe. Stop. He's going to die. Like, I, it was, yeah. At 11 seconds, Ian. <laughs> he had 11 seconds left, so we were okay. I loved that part because, and I didn't at the moment because I was really uncomfortable. I, you guys know me. I'm a huge animal lover. So I was like, um, don't you hurt this pig? What the hell's going on? But at the same time, I was laughing because you could see the daughters. You could see Yelena and Natasha both going, uh, what the hell are you doing? It, these two are like the most ruthless killers in the world at one point in their career. And they're both like, hey, don't stop hurting the pig. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's cool. that guy's thing. daughter for collateral damage, but not the pig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I thought that was crazy with Rachel Vice's characters, because she, I mean, they just blew through this whole character arc in like three minutes of dialogue when she's like, good mom, neutral character, we're not sure. Now she's a bad guy. Oh, now she's a good guy. And so fast that like, there's a lot more they could have done there. And I was pissed too. And this, this will be my last comment and then I'll give everybody a chance to round it out. But I was kind of pissed and while, and yet, it really fit with the story when they first introduce you to her after with to Rachel Vice's character. And then they take, you go into the house and you see her little secret gun room and you see the two mask heads in the back. I was like, ah, don't show me that because now, as soon as I saw that, I knew they were going to swap places because I knew that's a very I black widow that. thing that they're, yeah. When you open, when she first opened up the gun room, there's these two like, uh, what are they like the, the heads they're just like these silhouetted heads that are shining blue and they'd shown them in previous movies in civil war when she wears it for the end there i was like oh no i was like they're gonna have a face swap JJ, i gonna... hate movies that do the whole mask thing and make it like it just reminded me of mission impossible 2 one of the movies that just butchers it because they use masks to further the story i hate when movies do that because are you telling me we have a mask that is that whatever i'm gonna suspension of belief i'm gonna follow dave but i hate when movies do that because it's yeah. like oh we're put on the mask it's we're gonna trick them all i hate that stuff it annoys so are me you, saying you didn't love the movie face off <laughs> there you go the Nobody best love john travolta and nicholas cage in maybe yeah. one of the worst movies of all time that movie is such a uh i think i was telling you that movie is such a like guilty pleasure for me though like i can't help but watch it even though it's one of the worst movies out there i had to say jj like my heart goes out to you because it must be hard watching movies as you because i don't pick up on anything yeah i didn't see any of that dude sometimes it really well and you guys we did westworld and you know how my brain works like i can't help but look for those kind of things so yeah i I, as soon as i saw him i was like son of a bitch though i don't mind it my problem was is don't show me the mask because i wouldn't have thought of it had i not seen those masks if i hadn't seen those heads in the background it would have never crossed my mind and i probably would have actually been surprised and i can only imagine like the gut-wrenching feeling for someone that hadn't figured it out going oh no the mom betrayed him even though to a certain degree it's marvel so you kind of figured she wasn't going to actually have betrayed them yeah 
but I would have really kind of believed it up until that point. But I, I when I soon as I saw those those mannequin heads, I was like, son of a bitch, they're going to swap. Because I knew she was going to help her, but then I didn't – because then all of a sudden she took the mask off. I was like, oh, this is how they're doing it. But then I was like, man, I, I needed – it happened all of a sudden. I was like, oh, where's the little montage of showing? They talked about it. They were, they did this and then they did it after the fact. So they kind of saved face. But for me, it was a little backwards. But you picked up on the clue that they were giving to the audience. So I, I just suck at watching movies. So, you know. <laughs> Either that or I, I pay too much attention to weird shit. That could be the problem. <laughs> it did make me laugh, though. Javier's comment about Black Widow being in a white suit. The first when they took the mask off, I was like, oh. Now he can't complain about that because Black Widow's in a black suit. Yep. And she was only in the white suit, like I said in our last episode, which I'll release because we I have this like six-minute diatribe that I didn't release with the episode that Javier goes off on Marvel and Black Widow in the white suit. And I saved it because it's funny as hell, so I'm going to post it. But she was only in the white suit, like I said, because they were in a snowy freaking prison scene where she needed it to blend into the snow. It made sense aesthetically. Come on now. Oh, man. And introducing Alexi like in the prison where oh, he's just after another. <laughs> he's getting tattoos so while he's breaking wrists. Oh, that was. And good. he fought Captain America in '83. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. All right. Any final thoughts before we move on to rating this thing? I'm good. Um, Florence Pugh is awesome, and oh. all her like comments fit so well, and her comedic relief. I thought she stole the show for me. I didn't say that to you guys, but I said it to JJ. But just wanted to throw it out there yeah yeah the superhero pose moment was hilarious like all that busting ass shit that was great for her it's a cool way to die or this is a less cool way to die (laughs) all right let's rate this thing then if it's your first time listening to us we rate through using a zero to five scale again like i said in the beginning zero being just an absolute terrible movie five being a gem of perfection and we rate on the halves anywhere in between there so mattson since you've been away oh. so long, why don't you kick us off, buddy? Let me, let me carry the weight here. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. I watched the movie yesterday, very early in the morning, had some time to kind of digest. I was I was teetering between a 3.5 and a 4. I think I'm going to give this movie, I'm going to give it, I'm, I'm going to give it a four. Extremely well acted. Like we've talked about, I'm not going to beat that. Scarlett Johansson is what you expect and more. She, You can tell in this movie, she really knows her character. I think JJ said it best. What this movie does gain at an advantage being later is she, just the mastery she has over a Black Widow. Very on display. Her facial acting, just the depth of her character carries that throughout the movie. As we talked about, the supporting cast, phenomenal. To the point where, as we've talked about, they almost kind of overtake her at the end. And there's a, a reason for it in Marvel's eyes, but it is a little bit sad that, and this is why it, this is, movie isn't higher for me. I would say more than anything else is it detracts from what this movie was supposed to be for Black Widow. And that I do think is is sad where I don't think she got the proper send off in a way, but maybe that's what Endgame was supposed to be for her. But it's just weird because this movie could have come out earlier, but it didn't. And so all that kind of rolled in just makes it a little confusing in that regard. The other thing I didn't, Dislike I disliked about this movie. You guys have heard me talk about it a lot. Is the suspension of disbelief? I, I remember the scene when they're busting out Alexi from the prison, and Black Widow turns to Yelena while she's in the helicopter and starts yelling at her while they're in the midst of a firefight. Like that's just not that's so Marvel. And sometimes I want them to be a little bit more DC and just 
just show me the real grit of what's actually happening in the combat. That's okay. That's not a huge knock. But I think the jokes, as Ian talked about, they land exceptionally well. The humor, it was so on point for this movie. And then I think the other thing I didn't necessarily enjoy was the the ultimate bad guy. And how do you, JJ, what's, how do you say his name again? The, the Russian... Drakov, I wanted more depth there. I wanted to know a little bit more about his motivations and what he was bringing to the table. But all things considered, a movie, as we've all said, well worth watching, a movie that I could see myself watching again, uh, but a movie that has a, a couple of things that you can nitpick and tug on. So definitely not a five, but a, a solid four. Nice. Dave, tell us what you thought, my friend. Well, I'm going to say a three because one – I just don't like to be very committal to things. <laughs> but two, in a vacuum, if this movie were on its own, um, I would say, yeah, that's this is a four, maybe even more than that, because it's well acted, it's fun, it's entertaining. Uh, there's a lot to like about this movie, but in the it's not in a vacuum. It's in this larger scheme of things, and Marvel wants to play this role of kind of being all things to all people in the entertainment space. And I think they shortchanged a number of things. I think they shortchanged the character. I think they overplayed their hand in saying, look how awesome we are and supporting strong female characters. And so for that reason, I would give it lower. So I'm going to put it right in the middle of three. It's worth watching. It's fun, but it could have and should have been much more. Nice. I like that. Ian. So as I kind of said in the the spoiler free, I'm definitely more of a surface level guy. So that's, I'll preface my rating with that. But I, this movie surprised me because I've, the last couple of Marvel movies, it's been like, okay, same old song and dance, like almost a bit of a chore to watch through them. Cause I, you know, it's like Javier's argument that you kind of know the story already before sitting down to watch it. But this one surprised me how much I was engaged, how much I enjoyed the characters, even into the bittersweet of those, those side characters kind of bringing too much to the table. So I'm going to say a four, this, honestly, this might be one of my favorite Marvel movies, at least top three for sure. Cause I, and I'm excited to watch it again. So I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah. There were some, there's, plenty of holes to to poke in it and things like that but overall i enjoyed it and i my expectations came in low and i was very surprised so cool man i think i'm kind of right in the middle of everyone like i really enjoyed this movie and i really like what you said dave about in a vacuum right because you're right if this was a standalone movie or if they had done this movie earlier this exact movie, but they did it earlier. I think I would rate this much higher than I'm going to because I'm with you. I I don't usually like to compare the outside sources and things like that, but with a, a movie franchise as big as Marvel has created this universe, you have to consider that in my opinion. And so for me, because it feels just removed from this whole big world. And it feels like, like you said, they were giving us this patronizing pat in the head and said, everybody's clamoring for this movie. We're going to finally give it to you. And we're going to make a great movie, but it's not going to quite fit in the way that the rest do. And we'll tie it in and it'll lead you right into to Infinity War. But uh, it, they just could have done so much more. And I think they suffer from waiting too long. And they also suffer from in overindulging in the building of the the world that we're not ready for yet. I want to I want to live in Black Widow's world for this movie. And we didn't quite do that as much as I wanted. So the good things, though. It's been said this movie was acted like crazy. The acting was so good from everyone in this movie. And it, and I felt that. And I really liked that. The writing lacked in some areas. There was a lot of over the top, but I was okay with that. Um, 
I'm really good at suspending disbelief for the most part, unless I feel like the movie's telling me not to, or if they go too far like F9 did. And it's like the fourth movie I've mentioned F9 in, so I'll stop now. But it was so bad. But this movie was a lot of fun. And at its core, that's what I loved about it is it's fun. It allowed me to re-get back to Black Widow, who I felt like I was actually really disappointed, died and sad, which means they did it right because I really felt that death in Endgame. So I was glad to get back to that character, but I wish they would have actually given a little bit more and committed to it more to the to this movie so with that i'm going to give a step higher than dave three and a half but not quite what uh these other guys at a four i just feel like i wanted more but it was good enough for me to feel good about watching it and really enjoying it so there it is three three and a half and a couple of fours yeah overall good movie guys go see this movie enjoy it it's a lot of fun yeah with that next week check us out we're going to be watching the new space jam so looking forward to that one. No matter how bad it might end up being, I'm looking forward to that. Nostalgia. Full suspension of disbelief there. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, Tunes, I mean, baby. I, I think the movie's going to suffer a little because of like the whole craziness that LeBron James is going through right now good. where he can't keep himself off of Twitter and out of the social media world and the news. But I'm looking forward to getting back with Looney Tunes, man. I love those guys. Like That's, that's my nostalgia porn in full swing right there from being a kid. So Dave. We thank you so much for joining us, man. Why don't you tell all these wonderful people listening where they can find you, what you do, and uh, tell them where to where to check you out. Thanks, man. I appreciate this uh, chance to be here with you guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I run a little podcast called the Don't Assume Podcast. You can find it at Don't Assume Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I am on Twitter at Don't Assume Pod, but I don't really post there, so it's not really worth following. I'm on all the major platforms, all the things, all the places you can find these guys. You can find my podcast as well, although there's not a video version. And my intent is just to build a little empathy. We all make a lot of assumptions about each other. We put each other in boxes, and I think that we would all think that a little bit more of the people around us, if we just ask the questions that uh, we want to ask that we're too afraid to or just challenge the things that we think we know about each other. So we have fun. There's some serious episodes. There's some more fun episodes. I hope you like it. Thanks for letting me come on this one, guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Again, we thank you for coming, Dave. We'll have to have you on. Hey, any movie moving forward, if you see it, it's a new movie coming out and you want to review it with us, you just holler at me and we'll, we'll have you on and because I'm always on and it's been fun having you, man. I appreciate that. I'll use that excuse for my wife. Hey, I was invited <laughs> on another podcast, so I got to go see this movie. Sorry, hon. I just got to bounce. Yep. We can be that excuse. I love that. I, hey, that's I see so many movies because and I'll tell you what, this podcast has kept me going through the pandemic because like I would force myself to buy movies on and watch movies on Netflix that I would never have watched before. Because I was like, yeah, we got to review this for the podcast. This is a horrible movie, but it's the only thing that came out. Hey, you you got to be careful, though. We've seen a lot of bad movies. Oh, oh so yeah. have I, man. So have I. But that's good. Yeah, I, I'm down to talk. So I mean, if it's about the conversation, it's more fun talking about it afterwards with you guys. So love it. That's yeah, we'll how, that's how we get sure. through bad movies. But some of them are so bad. If you if you listen to us more, our listeners know some bad movies, there's a lot to talk about. But then there's really bad movies that there isn't much to say. <laughs> Those are the hardest ones to do a podcast on. Yeah, like She Dies Tomorrow. Oh, my God. That, that movie was rough. So, yeah, go check Dave out. Don't Assume Podcast. It's such a good podcast, guys. Like, I've been, I've been listening a lot, and I was on an episode, and I was so glad to be there. And I, I just really love what you do, Dave. So, again, thanks for coming on, and and uh, keep doing Appreciate what you it, do, man. It's cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for the kind words. Yeah. Matson, tell everybody where they can find us. Well, if you already aren't tired of us and <laughs> you want to find us, it's you do the same thing Dave told you to find him. You just go to Instagram and Facebook. What's our verdict? 
Check out our website, whatsourverdict.com. See what we're doing. Um, come listen to us on wherever you like to find good podcasts. We're there, of course. Come listen to us. Come find us. Check us out on YouTube as well for our spoiler freeze. We want to hear from you. We're really excited. As you guys know, there's just so many more movies coming out. We're excited to really get this back and get it rolling again. I'm excited to, to be back and present for these podcasts again. It's a lot of fun. I can't tell you all of our listeners. It's just it's 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 cool to have a crew to do this with and, and be able to watch movies with a purpose as well. So it's good to be back myself. And uh, thank you all for listening. Definitely. Thanks, Matson. All right, everyone. We appreciate you tuning in. Go check out Black Widow. It's a great movie. We'll see you next week for Space Jam. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye now. Yes. <laughs> we don't need Javier. We got Dave. <laughs> <laughs>